everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Hola amigos. Today we watched episode 24 of JoJo's Bizarre Avenger, that's the 15th episode of Battle Tendency, Ooh. entitled The Ties That Bind JoJo, covers chapters 107 and 108 of the manga. It's a good Alter Bridge song, Ties That Bind. Yeah? Yeah. It, what like, sort of music do they play? Uh, they're sort of like rock, uh, and they've gotten more metal as time has gone on. Right. While still being very much rock. It's, yeah, it's a weird mix. It's good though. It's got the guitarist from Creed. So I'm surprised we didn't get a remark from you that this does in fact cover far fewer chapters than normal. Wait, does it? 107 and 108. That's two chapters. Shamaya, you may have noticed that not a whole lot happened in this episode. Yeah! All said and done. This is the first time we've actually had two chapters instead of four. Yeah. How interesting. The only time it actually matters and I miss it. Which might be why we open with just a recap of things that happened last week as opposed to the normal cold cold opens we're used to. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you have like a recap, you sort of have that little trap of, yeah, I know, I know that happened. Mm -hmm. So it's nice that this is the first one. Yeah. It's basically happened ever. (laughs) So yeah, we open with Jojo above Whamu's head. It dissolves. Carves takes takes his turban off. Uh, Lisa Lisa takes her dress off. Stroheim's there. (laughs) <laughs> just Stroheim's in the background with a giant UV gun, whatever. The backstab happens, and then we we come into new content on Jojo holding the rope that Lisa Lisa's attached to. And he's bleeding from the rope Yeah, as that's well. some intense rope burn. Man, it is great. And there's amazing music happening right now. <laughs> Throughout the whole recap, it's just sort of like some, some low-key Gregorian chanting. And then when we get into new content... These electric guitars kick in and the chanting keeps going and it's just amazing. And it's it's quite intense. Yeah. Because it's like, you've got these amazing guitar solos happening in the background as Gregorian chanting is happening. Yep. And you're just sitting there going, but why? But you stop asking that very quickly. Meanwhile, Cars is like doing some sick pose. <laughs> Daintily walking almost. Well, it almost looks like to me that he's leaning, leaning against a pillar behind him, but he's not because it's not quite that close. Yeah, no, not at all. It sort of looked like he was walking, mm. but very daintily, very fabulously, very Jojo-esque. You don't want to let go of that rope, Jojo. It's a forest of crystal spikes down there. She would die horribly. She would. And then Jojo, he embarks on an interesting metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of the few times where Jojo's metaphors really just Really exceed. just gets away from him. They just exceed expectation, <laughs> you know? Uh, he says that Car's soul is decayed like a pumpkin left to rot in a field that even flies avoid. Brilliant. Brilliantly done. And then Car's is like, don't smack talk me. All you can do is hold that rope. He does have a good point, though, because mm-hmm. otherwise Lisa Lisa will die. Yeah. 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 So he feels free to kill him at his leisure. I think that's exactly what he says. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. OP. Whatever. As time has gone on, I've cared less and less for yep. this OP. That was a good bit when it started, though. Yeah. And then now we're just like... I look forward to when the next one starts so we can do it again. <laughs> oh, God, it'll be so good. Is it going to be as energetic as this OP, though? Yeah, I'd say so. A lot of people like this one a lot, though I, I, have, I have a hard time putting them in, in favourite order. Yeah. But I think, with the exception of maybe one in the most recent season, I like them all a lot. Okay. It feels like if you're going to have an OP for part three, because that's everyone's favourite, right? It's a lot of people's favourites. Yeah. It's possibly the most influential, let's put it at that. That's the one where you would have the most crazy OP, surely. Yeah, seems fair to say. Oh. Looks at camera. <laughs> oh, he's good, this one. <laughs> what happens next? The OP finishes. The OP finishes. <laughs> Jojo's hand is bleeding, Lisa Lisa slips briefly, but he catches her. His breathing is all out of whack. I think he says that he only has room for one more hum on attack. 
And he might. It. He might. He might be bluffing. Ooh. He might not even know his own strength. Yeah. It's been a lot of time in this episode just with Speedwagon and Smokey watching things. <laughs> it's a beautiful proxy. And okay? they're, they're arguing about whether or not they should, they should tell Jojo now that Lisa Lisa is his mother. No, it's not the time. He doesn't realise that it's his mother. You need to tell Jojo. No, not yet. Why not? It's not the proper time. There's a time and a place. I mean, to be fair, in the middle of a life and death battle, maybe isn't the most appropriate time. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, look, Smokey, you got gusto, mm-hmm. sure. But Jojo's literally holding his mother by a rope over a crystalline graveyard. So maybe hold off on the whole, hey, that's your mum yeah. bit. Okay, just You don't want to distract him while he's fighting a guy with chainsaw arms. <laughs> yeah, that's... Ooh. Meanwhile, Stroheim is just having a great time fighting vampires. <laughs> I think his face is like, yes, I'm the best now. <laughs> I think, is he, he's got the two UV lights on him. Yeah. And he's turning them on. He's like, I need more time because I can't get up there. Yeah. So I'm just going to bust some UV light seemed, on these mofos. It seems really inconsistent, the amount that are still left with how quickly they just melt. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of them. Like, there is a lot of them. Field, in somewhere in the field of 98... Yeah, a couple... Died. Ten. Because there's also, like, another couple of dozen people doing this, too. There are, yeah. They've all surrounded them, haven't they? Maybe there were, um... You know, this isn't one of those things that Bear's thinking about, really. Land it's just one of, those, one of those Jojo things you just have to go with. Oh, right, fine, yeah. we'll go Le- with Lean it. into how stylish it is. <laughs> they're shooting vampires with UV lights. And or they're all melting. They're all melting in amazing fashion. Yep. And Stroheim is laughing his face off in that ah Germany way. Out of sight and out of mind, he says. And out of mind? Yep. Is that the dub? Yep. Oh my god, we need to watch the dub one day. Be my guest. I'm gonna do Well, I can only I can only watch the first season of the dub. They, the I don't think they've released the Stardust Crusaders dub yet. That's a third part. Oh, okay. And also from the they did like a test footage thing of it where they publicized it, I guess, to see how the public would react. Yeah. And also I think they maybe Released a couple of episodes on pilots since then, I'm not sure. Mm. It seems to lack a lot of the bombast of this season's dub. It seems to be more of a standard anime dub. Uh, you know, where people speak in that sort of American accent that they do in anime dubs. That's exactly the kind of accent they do, though. Yeah. That's the problem. And because we have to match up the voice acting tone with the lip syncing, everyone like... speaks in this sort of a halting manner, or they take these weird digressions in their conversation. It sounds like Ghost in the Shell. Where you're just like, Bato, can you just talk normally for yeah. like five seconds? So I'm perhaps less interested in watching that dub than I have been in this one. Oh, okay. of course. Watch whatever you want on your end of things, <laughs> listener. <laughs> We're not holding you down and telling you to watch I'm it. I'm not one of those gatekeepy types. I am. Watch it and only watch it. <laughs> what? I can tell them to do things. <laughs> I disapprove of you so much. <laughs> Jojo jumps and kicks at cars. And Kaz sort of effortlessly blocks, effortlessly blocks it with his chainsaw arm. He's literally just like, yeah, look, no, just no, you're not going to hit me. Lisa Lisa slips a bit further, and they talk about how there was no Hamon in his kick. Oh no. He couldn't get it through to him. It looks like you're running out of Hamon, but it is possible you might have enough left in you for one last ditch attack against me. And then Jojo spits. I can do what I want, bro. It's like, what? It's gross. <laughs> it's really weird. The spit's just like a little circle that comes yeah, it's out. It's like a globule. You're just like, that's not, oh, that's not, okay, sure, art. Fine, whatever. Cars, maybe there is enough left in me. Enough Hamon for one last desperate attack. To be honest, even I don't know. But either way, I've devised a cunning plan. I guarantee it's going to make you choke. 
How badly do you want to know what it is? Because I'm not telling. He is a fighting <laughs> genius. And Kaz is like, don't tie those ropes at your feet together. I see what you're up to. But he doesn't see what he's up to. No, because no. Jojo lights a match on the rope. And then he's like, this is a match. What do you think I'm going to do with this fire, huh? Light scarf on fire. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Why are you lighting that on fire? It's to motivate me. Yeah. Before this flame has a chance to burn me, I'm going to find a way to use whatever I can to send you straight to hell. Um, I, I mean, as we find out, he doesn't use the scarf at all. But however... Well, that's what however, magic is all about. Making people look at one thing while you're doing another thing, right? This is what Penn and Teller taught us. Sure. You can catch a bullet. But did you ever shoot it in the first place? Ooh. Yeah. The answer is no, by the way. <laughs> okay. It, it, yeah. Nick, you're going to get blacklisted by the Guild of Magicians for revealing their tricks. <laughs> Kaz does some some brilliant bone blade attacks and Jojo sort of, he does some fun stuff where he's leaping off the, the ruins and using the fact that he's holding a rope to swing himself back on. Which is pretty dope. Yeah. Pretty dope. Kaz is having a bit of a tant. It's like, you're just dodging around for a chance to catch your breath. This is stupid. This is dumb. In fact, I think his literal reaction is, well, this is fucking dumb. Yeah. Walks up to the rope holding Lisa well, Lisa. First Jojo is like, oh, come on, I need to breathe. So what if I look silly doing it? <laughs> He's like, nah, I'm not having I like this. how just they're having a surprisingly casual conversation while they're trying to kill each other. They are, aren't they? It's yeah. just like, man, come on, I need a breather here. Can you not? It's like, no, can, can you not? <laughs> no, can you not? So as you said, Cars uh, approaches the rope Lisa Lisa's hanging from and uh, sort of edges it with his, his blade. And it's just like, this is dumb. You're dumb. If you dodge me again, I'm going to cut the rope and she'll die. I'm doing the logical thing that I should have done from the very mm-hmm. start. So can you just, can you actually fight me, bro? Come toward me slowly, or you can stay where you are and watch as I cut through the line. So what then? Is your life more precious than that of the woman dangling down there? I've lived for like 10,000 years, bro. I've, I've killed some people. I'll kill her. I'll do it. I, I'll, yeah, I'm a stone cold motherfucker. <laughs> Jojo does another leaping kick attack. Now, hold on. He, he does a cool thing where he um swings back on the rope and kicks himself off the column behind him. But the thing is, we know that jump attacks never work. But then why would he do it? Jojo's got enough metatextual knowledge to know that this is a bad idea. <laughs> He's literally the one person in this show who should know better than anyone. Jumping attacks do not work. And yet! Cars cuts the line. They fall. He looks really smug for a second. The camera zooms in on Jojo's, like, fierce right eye. But wait. Idiot. I killed two birds with one cut. <laughs> but then, the rope that's tied around Cars' leg pulls taut and he's knocked over. <gasps> What a twist. It would have been great if Jojo really underestimated how much lower body strength cars had and they all just fell into the spikes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. It's just like, well, I'm dead, but he might be dead. We get a series of flashbacks, which is like cars explaining the magician's tricks, where we see, when did he make this happen? He didn't have enough time to... Oh! <laughs> when he first kicked at me, he allowed himself to be cut along with the rope. And we see a circle appear around the rope in that shot. So good. And then when he ignited his damned match, he secretly tied his rope to the one on Lisa Lisa. I see it now. It's genius. <laughs> he needed some kind of distraction. So that's when he set his scarf on fire. <laughs> okay. You know, big plays get big rewards. <laughs> And then to tie the line together, he manoeuvred me into doing his dirty work for him by cutting Lisa Lisa's rope. That manipulating cheat. Bit of risk. And Jojo's like, Cars, you like tricking people, but you don't like being tricked by people. What's up with that? 
the thing about cars is he can dish it out, but he really can't take it. You know, if he was at the other end of the roast, he would be screwed. <laughs> the roast? The roast, you know, when you roast your... Oh, life. right. Yeah. Yes. That's what you mean. <laughs> Not literally, like, in an oven roast. Metaphorical roast. Now, Jojo pulls a really cool manoeuvre here, where he takes off his now extinguished scarf, wraps it around Kaz's other leg, and uses that to pull himself back up. It's pretty dope. Yeah. So then Lisa Lisa's still attached to Kaz, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Kaz could just fall into the spikes. Or just cut the rope with his leg blades that we know he has, because he's impaled Jojo with them before. But he's an honourable... He's not an honourable man, is he? Oh, no. He's not a very quick thinker, is Kaz, evidently. Look, look, Kaz is not good when he's put on the spot. So, Jojo has his version of one of, um... One of Jonathan's little inspiring rants as he gathers Hamon energy here. It's sort of like DBZ meets not You know, all. Jonathan is always like, listen to my soul scream as I punch you with the sun. But Joseph is like, I'm really good at tricking people. <laughs> 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 you may have lived for 10,000 years, but you're going, if you're going up against my skills, you need another decade. So you've got Jonathan, who's the beautiful man of like, I feel a burning spirit inside of me. Mm-hmm. I am... The one who will bring justice to this world. And then Joseph is just like, I'm fucking dope, guys. (laughs) Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) So Jojo has like some sick moments where he's gathering all his energy and he's glowing like Jonathan would a lot. Mm -hmm. Then he karate chops at cars. Now this is the Hamon Overdrive. Mm -hmm. Has he used this yet? I mean, he did the rebuff overdrive previously. I'm sure he's done an overdrive before. Yeah, he's done an overdrive, but has he done a Hamon Overdrive? I mean, it's the same thing. But the thing is, Jonathan was the one that used Hamon Overdrive. So did I don't really think it's that... Hey man, parallels. If you can draw any analysis, parallels. It's, you know, it's like the Force. It's not necessarily oh, as... you, you have just... As entrenched as people make it out to be. Ooh. Sidebar, that's what I just like about Star Wars video games. Because obviously it's the only way you can do it in a practical sense. But I really dislike reducing the Force to, like, a book of spells. Like, Force Push, Force Choke. Yeah, but they're just sort of things that you do. Mm, but... I don't know, it feels a bit too sort of standardised to me. Yeah, but that's just like, how else are you going to describe I push you back with the force? But then you have like more elaborate things like force rage and force cho- force storm. Yeah. Yeah, but still, like, you can just make more. That's the beauty of magic. You can just make more spells. Oh, sure. Infinitely many, in fact. <laughs> okay. End Star Wars digression. <laughs> you, you know, we're not going back to no, Star Wars. Um, I just was gathering my thoughts for a sec. <laughs> um, so Jojo... Karate chops his car's brilliant bone blade. And smashes it. Yeah. Now, do you remember when back in Switzerland when he was like, I'm keeping my distance because there's no way I can defend against that chainsaw arm? Yeah. Just never mind. Look, it's not a chainsaw arm anymore. It's just his blade. That's what... Because he has to do the thing. He has to actively make it I guess it isn't glowing. That's a fair point. Yeah. The animators thought this through. (laughs) Sure, yeah. did they? No. Uh, He used the last of his hammer to smash it up real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaz's arm explodes in blood. He falls off the um, the ruins onto the spikes below and is screaming. Smokey and Speedwagon look really stoked. They are. They have no chill in this regard. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, he's screwed. <laughs> we get some some shots of like Kaz is in a real bad situation. He's got spike a lot of spikes through his body. His arm is starting to melt. Uh, he's like, curse you, Jojo. He's got the ham on in him. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not good. And half time. So uh, we got some pretty good ads this week. Anime ads, you know, that time of year. Yeah, we got the cooking show ad. We got the virus one. We got Regarding Zero, where he just dies over and over again, which I think is a pretty shitty narrative structure. Yeah, I think I've heard it. That's like one of those sort of 
kid wakes up in a fantasy world style shows. Wait, it's not... But then every time, every time he dies, which is apparently frequently, he mm. goes back to the time he first waked up oh. in the fantasy world. I think I've actually seen someone at uni watching that. I was in like... If that is what I'm thinking of. I was in like the maths lab. The ad was basically a montage of him like getting stabbed or yeah. being thrown off a cliff and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I swear I've seen someone watching that, if that's the one that... Mm. I've never of. watched it, but... Yeah. Yeah, it looked very weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, we got to see Burke from Burke's Backyard. Yeah, no one knows who that is who's listening. Well, we have Australian listeners, don't we? Maybe. Shit, that's... Bleak. We've had an Australian iTunes review. <laughs> Back after the ad break, Stroheim has, I think, finished off the zombie, the vampires, because he's just having a great time monologuing about how cars are fucked. He's like, ha ha, look at him, sitting look, there. Cars fell right onto the crystal spikes, bwah ha ha ha. There's the Bowser laugh. Literally, bwah ha ha ha. The pillar man is done. See the Hamon will travel right up his arm and do the job. You're weak, your time on earth is done. A mere human could finish you off now. Idiot. Little does he know. Cars' eyes flash red and he leaps into the air. And then and flops next lands to Lands really anticlimactically on his face. It's like, like one punch man style, like... Serious eye face, and then... Ooh, trying to spook us, eh? (laughs) Gentlemen, perhaps we can kill him. Bring out the UV amplifier. AKA the giant death ray gun. (laughs) Yeah, we don't see it yet. It's beautiful. We have a a lot of conversation to happen before we see that. We have a brief candid moment with Speedwagon and Smokey. Well, first Jojo reels in Lisa Lisa and is like, Cars said he didn't want to kill you with his blade. Uh, so I think if we get you medical attention, you'll be fine. And then I think I remarked that Jojo here looks fucking huge. Yeah. Holy Lisa Lisa's just laying against his body. Yeah, like Lisa Lisa's head is the size of one of his pecs. Yeah. And you're just like, my God, Jojo. Swole. Like, we had Jonathan who was pretty big. And then we had Dio who was pretty friggin' huge. But you, my <laughs> God. <laughs> We have learned some weird things after this whole world war thing with regards to making people <laughs> regards massive. to steroids. Yeah. Like, just... Anyway. The Smokey starts asking Speedwagon why Erin wouldn't tell Jojo about his mum. Why is that, by the way? Why does Lisa Lisa hide her past? I want to help them know things, because I was just a lowly pickpocket, but they helped me. No, Smokey, we can't tell them anything because... It's bad. It's, it's bad Jojo. It's bad Jojo. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you, but you can never reveal it to Jojo, because it's the business of the Joestar family, and friends or not, we don't have the right to talk about it. So I'm going to tell you everything now. It's flashbacks! Yep. Flashbacks! flashbacks. We find out that Lisa Lisa was a code name. Oh! Her real name is Elizabeth Joestar. Oh! Or, I don't know what her surname would have been before she married George. Wait, who, what? Mm. Straight so? Oh no, because there are these novels, like, there's this, there's this novel they release for some sort of anniversary or something, mm-hmm. which is very non-canon. It's called, uh, I think it's Jorge Joestar, or Jorg Joestar. Jorge? J-O-R-G-E. So George, more or less. Yeah, but I think, you know, in... Cause in he, the Jojo fashion. It's an alternate universe in which George grew up on a, um island in, I want to say the Caribbean. Okay. And, you know, it's a lot of Spanish colonization there yeah uh see through like i guess the spanish empire also colonizing mexico at the same time mm-hmm. um and in spanish j the j is often pronounced as a y or a h yes this so is true possibly could be yorg or jorge yeah yeah anyway um novel where in which george the second who we'll meet shortly mm-hmm. grows up there and uh marries elizabeth straight so 
Ah, yeah, well, and well. I basically can't tell you anything else about this um this <laughs> crazy batshit crazy story without giving you the most spoilers. The insane amount of spoilers that is inside that would be detrimental like, to me. Yeah, it's okay. like what if everything that happened in JoJo was normal and we started doing crazy things instead. Okay, all right. It's like what if part three just didn't happen. Can't even respond to that. Honestly. God damn I Can't it. even respond to that. What are these spoilers? Oh, okay. Anyway. Uh, if you don't mind being spoiled about future part stuff, not you, um, li- listener, look up a summary of this thing because it's just crazy. What's it called? Or is that a spoiler? It's called Jorge Joestar. <laughs> okay. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. So, so one of my predictions anyway, actually happened. Back in reality. We're getting a flashback. Yes. Yes! Elizabeth fell in love with George Joestar II. Okay, who is named after Jonathan's dad. Yes. Okay, understood. Makes sense. Yep, makes perfect sense. Our mutual friend Georgie is a big fan of George II. <laughs> is, is she just? Yeah. Okay, why? Thinks he's handsome, I guess. <laughs> he doesn't really do much. <laughs> Georgie, if you're listening to this, God damn it! <laughs> Together, they got married, they had a son, Jojo. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big shot of the Union Jack. As It's a bit ridiculous. We find out that um, George was a World War One flying ace. Hey, hang on a minute. Isn't Georgie half English? I don't know. This is why she likes it. I mean, they're all English at this point. Yeah, but he's... Wait, he's full English, but Joseph is half English. No. Oh, I know. You're right. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, we don't know where... Lisa Lisa. Where Lisa Lisa's parents came from. Yeah, maybe. But they were getting a, a ship from England to America. Yeah, maybe they're from America, but returning. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Anywho. <laughs> George wears England with pride. Yeah. He was a, a hero in the um, Royal Air Corps or whatever. Mm-hmm. Corp. The, the Royal Air Corps. Uh, but a gut-wrenching horror from the past came back to haunt the members of the Joestar family. <gasps> you see, I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. but at present time, about 50 years ago, Jonathan Speedwagon Ton Petty Straight So and Dyer fought a man called Dio Brando, who created mm-hmm. vampires and zombies with a stone mask. When did this happen? About 50 years ago. I, I got nothing. Not ringing any bells? Nah, no, nothing. No. Nothing at all. Okay, well... What's a Brando? Um, it's a really good actor from, like, the 50s-ish. Ah. Oh, like that Marlon guy. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creator of the Marlon Spike. He's a vampire, you say. <laughs> and it turns out, one of these zombies escaped. Ow. He hid in society and lived for decades. He was cunning, intelligent, and dangerous. Did we ever see him in part one? I doubt it. Yeah... He devoured all evidence of his victims, including their hair and bones. That seems a bit over the top, but okay, yep, <laughs> yep. And he became a commander in the Royal Flying Corps. Ad Astra. Whoa! What? That means ever skyward. What? Astra? Ad Astra. Ad Astra. It's Latin. Oh, cool. Ever skyward. That's pretty dope, actually. Anywho, George was raised, been told stories of his dad and his on Speedwagon's knee, mm-hmm. so he knew about zombies and stuff. Unfortunately, he was not so a Hamon user. He figured out that this guy was probably a zombie. Yeah. Somehow. From his mangled face yeah, and weird and like teeth. Weird warts all over his body. And the fact that he wasn't human. Uh, yeah. George had character and talent, but no training in the ways of Hamon. And he was discovered by his monstrous quarry. He sent a message to Straitso, but it was too late. <laughs> Just like Zapelli did back in the day. Genius. Straitso, always late. Yeah, Straitso. Just like Goku. Ooh. Oh, ho, ho. crossing the line there, buddy. <laughs> he arrived just in time to save the day. Every time. Straight so, not so much. With some, some casualties. Well, yeah, but they come back. Yeah, because you got a magic dragon. Yeah, just in time. Yep. 
Anywho, <laughs> this guy covers up George's death as a plane crash at night, but straight to a speed wagon and found it suspicious. So they investigated. That would have been like a fun short story. I it would have. Yeah, it would have yeah. been a nice like little episode. Sort of like, like sort of a noir. Yeah, where they're like, let's go back a bit, and then then like to be continued. This goes all the way to the top. My God, Dio. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, so they learned the truth. Then they told Elizabeth, and she puts Jojo to bed immediately and just runs off into the night to get revenge. Yeah, this is badass, because yeah. she's literally like, I had to tell Elizabeth that George is dead. So then she, she immediately mourn. Just, Yeah, she immediately just goes, Well, Joe, just sit there for a second. Yeah. Sprints out the door, yep. sprints to the vampire guy, and immediately cleaves him. Zombie. Oh, zombie. Immediately cleaves him mm-hmm. vertically, and then some guy is just watching. Yeah. And it's like, was oh he, my god. Do you think he wandered in as the um, body was dissolving? Or do you think he was just in the room the whole time? Wasn't it? They didn't understand what Hammer was, so they thought... Yeah, I don't know what zombies are. Yeah, so they thought that she just sliced him in half. Uh, in the dub, they describe her as killing their beloved commander. Their beloved commander. So I guess outside of occasionally killing and eating people, this guy was probably a pretty chill dude. It was pretty charming, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I just love that she literally just goes... Can you excuse me for just one moment, please? Um, I just need to go do a thing. Elizabeth, you're not going to go kill him. Sound of door him. slamming, sound of tyre screeching. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Elizabeth, you're not going to go kill him, are you? No, no, no. No, don't worry. Do, 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 do. Boop. Vroom. Ah! Uh, uh, honk. Hey, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> just, uh... Small bump in the road. Look, someone saw someone me. Someone saw me. He was human. Didn't want to hurt him. Can we just, like, leave? Just... I just need to sort of go on the lamb. If you could just sort of, in an act of enormous corruption, use the resources of your philanthropic foundation to spirit me to Venice. That'd be, uh, that'd, that'd be, that'd be pretty dope. That'd be great. That'd be just peachy. Yeah, be chill. Also, uh, take good care of my son, because I never want to see him again. He's a cool cat. Yep. All right. Later, dog. <laughs> and just pieces out to yep. the island. That's We get it. a cool shot of her in, like, morning gear, staring out at Venice. Yeah. And she's this there being like, I have no emotion anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is shit. Arena told Speedwagon, when the child grows up and asks about his parents, please tell him they both died in the war. Which is not what he told them. No. He told them they died of sickness. This was the one fatal flaw that would lead Joseph to learn all (laughs) the harmon in the world. Yep. I mean, based on, presumably Straits knew all this, Straits knew all this, so he could have just not fought Joseph. Well, yes and no. Because Straitso had his own motivation to kill him. Which is that he wouldn't want to get killed himself. Yeah. But Which he was, could have just... I mean, that was a pretty good plan, though, because Joseph had never learned yeah. Hamon. Little did he know that he kind of had. Yeah. And had a Tommy gun waiting for him. Yeah. And that he was one hell of a trickster. So really, that one mobster who he beat up after for telling him bad news in the restaurant in front of Arena is the real hero of this part. Because if he didn't tell him that, Jojo wouldn't have known that Straitso was coming for him. Yeah, no. That's... Oh my god, this friggin' show, man, what the How hell? How did he know about the vampire, though? No need to look into it too far. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Flashback finishes, uh, the UV cannon arrives. <laughs> I like how we just glossed over that. It's like, yeah, so, um, bring out the UV amplifier, and then we just get the flashback, and then fire the UV amplifier. It's just a death cannon. It looks a bit like a cannon with, like, a, a, a light bulb on the front, or maybe, like, a tank. Yeah, literally just a giant tank yeah. with a light bulb for a cannon. <laughs> And you're just like, fucking what? And now we have share the honour of executing cars. I can't begin to tell you how good it feels to give this order myself. <laughs> Draham just enjoys himself so he much. Just, I love how he's standing there like a madman. Yeah. The claws for hands. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, at last, I'll be victorious. <laughs> so this tank starts gathering light. Yep. 
It's sort of charging up. Yep. Jojo has climbed down from the ruins. He's holding Lisa Lisa. He's standing closest to Cars at the moment. And he's like, ha, huh, this is the end. Cars' body is still lying motionless on the ground, face facing the floor. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Anything could happen. The thing begins, uh, continues to power up, and then Cars turns his head. What's that on his face? It's the stone mask. But what's that at the top? The red stone of Aja. My god, he's actually done it! They, they all scream at Stroheim to shut the thing down. And Stroheim screams at his men to shut the thing down. But it's too late, the thing fires. It's too late, he's seen everything. He's running away. On the grass. What? Have you not seen extras? No, yeah. There's one Don't bit... Don't a lot of Ricky Gervais shows. There's one bit with Patrick Stewart where he's like, I've written a script. It's about a man who can take off women's clothing. And it's like, okay, so, so, I've got this one idea where there's a woman. And she's telling me not to walk on the grass. I take all her clothes off. And then she tries to put them on, but it's too late. I've seen everything. And I walk away on the grass. You're like, okay, so, okay, so I got another one. There's a policewoman on a bike, and I'm walking on a grass, and I take all her clothes off, and then she tries to put them back on, but it's too late, because I've seen everything, and I walk away on the grass. Okay, this just sounds like an excuse for you to take women's clothes off, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, sure. It's so good. So that happens briefly. Yep. (laughs) So he's got the red stone of Aja in a stone mask being shot at. The stone reacts to the UV light from the cannon. And it makes him stronger. It activates... <gasps> the spikes shoot out into his head. And then it explodes. Yes. Yeah. Well, first he starts rain- radiating this sort of rainbow golden oh, light yeah. everywhere and his skeleton is visible. This is like if you get hit by Blunker in Street Fighter. Yeah. Uh, is that an electrocuting effect? Yeah. Yeah, any sort of cartoon where you get electrocuted. And Except you see the of, skeleton. Yeah, but instead of like being the skeleton on a black background, it's the, the skeleton and like a whole rainbow of colour just amplifying off it. It's like looking at shimmering oil. Where it's like the entire spectrum of light is just shimmering yeah. from him. So the mask shatters. Then we see Kaz's face in a sort of space overlay. <laughs> this this was really weird to me because I didn't realise it was Kaz at the well, time. Kaz has very um very specific sort of like wing, winged eyeliner. Mm. That's how you can recognise his face. But it's like he's literally looking. It's kind of like... It's his eyes and maybe like the outline of his nose and mouth. And just like a galaxy behind it. Yeah. So it's like Cosmos meets Jojo. Yeah. Where it's like space and then eyes overlaid onto it. Mm-hmm. But you can still see through them. And you're like, ooh. Man, it was weird at the end of 2001 when the, the camera panned up and you just saw that um, cars in space. <laughs> yeah, he was a very odd choice as an infant. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and that's the to be continued shot of this episode. Da, 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 da. Please tell me we get a new song in part three. We do. <gasps> Yes! Okay, cool. Should we do a reading of Roundabout in the next couple of weeks? Oh, I, I don't dude. think we could put the karaoke backing track on it. No. Because that being Western music seems yeah. a bit more dicey copyright-wise. Oh, dude, we have to. We absolutely have to. Alright. I'm fully down for reading about mountains, lakes, and weird other things. Alright, cool. I'll bring my guitar and do occasional... That'd be fun. Yeah. Okay. That seems like a good compromise for music. Can't actually do it. We'll just sort of semi-do it. You'll do a sound-alike. Yep. But like every third note is like the next one off. Yes. <laughs> no, that's too complex. Stay in minor instead of major. Ooh. Ooh. So, um, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, highlights and lowlights. Uh, highlight was Joseph's cunning ploy. Mm, that was a good ploy. That was a good ploy. It's a damn good ploy. I really liked the way we sort of the way cars just sort of walked us through all of it in, yeah. in the moment while he's trying not to be dragged off the top of the ruins too. Kind of fucking genius. Yeah. I just love that he's there being like. But how did he... Wait. I see it now. Of course. Why would he do that? (laughs) Uh, For my money, I think I'll just take Stroheim. (laughs) Just in general. He's just having a great time this episode. It's just... (laughs) Vampires. This is, you know, 
This is the sort of stuff he likes to. The sort of stuff about being a Nazi he likes to do. You know, burning things. Burning things that are explicitly evil. In, in, in melting vampires. <laughs> yep. That's a typically pretty cool Nazi thing to mm. do. You know, it's on the upper end of the moral spectrum of the activities <laughs> they did. <laughs> well, I mean, he's still murdering a lot of people. But they're not people. They've worn the stone mask. True. They're beyond humanity. Ooh. Just let that linger for a little while. Yeah. Lowlights? Lowlights. Hmm. Tough call, tough call. I mean... I'm just going to go with the fact that not really a lot happened this episode. That's not a lowlight of the episode. That is the lowlight episode. I mean, structurally, it is sort of the lowlight for me in that Mm. I felt like they needed 26 episodes, so they sort of stretched this one out a fair bit. Is the next one two chapters and the one after that two chapters? I don't recall, honestly. Oh, okay. All right. Because if it goes... Because so far we pretty. Oh, I will tell you that the next couple of episodes are much better than this one. Oh, okay. Which I don't right. necessarily think this is a bad one in the way that I'm not a big fan of the one where ACDC possesses Susie Q. Yeah. But it's just it was very slow paced compared to what we're used to by this point. Yeah. Not as many tricks, just the one. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, ooh, I could really anger George and just be like, "Yeah, George isn't that great." <laughs> you know, not much happens with him. He's a handsome man. Sure, he's a handsome man, but what else do we see of him? But that didn't save his life. Yeah, I would have preferred to actually get a full short, like, little thing with him, you know? Where yeah. it's like, flashback, but it's kind of encapsulated in its own episode sort of thing. Which would be nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, as we said before, I think Speedwagon and Straight Zero's investigation could have been a really cool little, mm. like, vignette. Yeah. Where it's like, what? But then he's a vampire. <gasps> I want to know if in the manga they actually do do a short story for them. Or mm, if they it's... Don't, they, hey, they haven't. Uh, so which is a pity, because... In, at least for characters in future parts, they have done some sort of manga side stories. Mm. And I think that would have been a good opportunity to try it out. Alas, it was not meant to be. No, unfortunately. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with that because, like, it just not much actually happens there. Mm. And it's just George. Like, what? It is basically just elaborate exposition. Yeah. So take that, your favourite character. Well, not favourite, but... Your favourite character. The character The only character in the show you like. (laughs) The only character in the show worth your time. I dislike him. And that brings us to our prediction segment. Uh, Nick, we have two episodes left of Battle Tendency. Cars has put on the stone mask with the redstone of Asia and become space. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is going to happen next? He has not actually become space. He has become death destroyer of worlds. Uh, okay, so next episode we get to see his final form, yep. I assume. Any guesses on what that might entail? Maybe he becomes radiant. and So he himself projects deadly light. There's a, um, a character... In One Piece, um, which sort of came into it as I was losing interest in, in that series. Mm. You know, there are those devil fruits in that. Devil roots? Fruits. And you eat a fruit and you get a power. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, sometimes they'll like make you into rubber or sometimes they'll make it so that you can... Fly really high or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one guy got it so that he was made of light. So he can like move and kick you at the speed of light. And Ooh. that could be a cool power for ultimate cars. That would be. Shame that's not going to happen. No. Um, oh, man. Okay, let's think about this, right? He's used the blades that are already shimmering, but now he's put on the stone mask. So he must do something with his skin that does something similar to the shimmer. That would make sense. That would make sense. However, this is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. This is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Is it going to be more... Okay, can you tell me, is it more over the top than uh, Wamu's? Oh, yes. Okay, alright. Because Wamu's was literally atmospheric rift. Hmm. Okay, what if, what if... He gains the power to redirect light, much like the Redstone of Asia. So then he sort of refracts light, including the UV light that has been fired at him. And he just... So, so like how they could shoot those lasers. Yeah. So maybe he DBZs it up. You know? Interesting. So like he 
controls the moonlight so powerfully that you can just be like, and now I shoot light at you like a laser or something like that. Interesting theory. Yeah. And then his bones are actually just mirrors because cars. Right. So that's cars dealt with. Yep. <laughs> Two episodes. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, he, I'm just, I'm thinking that maybe if cars doesn't die next episode. How it could, could go they... either way, really, because you could have an episode devoted to sort of... Describing his power. Or, like, the denouement. <laughs> the denouement? Like, cars has been defeated, life goes on. Oh, uh, yeah, true. No, I reckon that's just going to happen in the second half right, of the last yeah. episode. Because we kind of did it at the last point in part one. I mean, well, I mean, life didn't go on for Jonathan. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> true, is Joseph going to die? That's a good point. Well, he hasn't had a kid yet. Ooh, that is true. Well, we don't know that. I mean, he was looking at Susie Q all like, hey girl. <laughs> yeah, that's how that gets made, right? Yeah, when I get back, you and me, huh? That's that's how it's going to roll. Maybe he's already slept with her and we just haven't been told. Like many things regarding Susie Q. And Joseph. Yeah, and Joseph. No, I reckon what'll happen. Okay, Cars won't die next episode because he is the final threat. And even though a vampire could show up, he won't. What? So like, you know how they killed the last vampire because he slipped by? That's a zombie. Oh, they killed the last zombie because he slipped by? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like... Remember they've been making vampires for this whole part, though, remember? Yeah. So maybe there's a last vampire that they... Just like one of the vampires from the arena? Yeah. Maybe he just ran off. And he's like, the last episode is dedicated to finding him. <laughs> or... Like a side story sort of thing? Yeah. Or maybe... Maybe the vampire was left in Greece with Whamu while he was doing whatever the hell it was that he was doing. His work. Yeah, and so that work's going to continue, and the last episode will end with them being all like... And so his work continues to find more vampires. And then Dio comes back, because they're like, we found this other vampire dude. He's still alive. Probably not. And then obviously Dio immediately performs a coup. Yeah. Because he's Dio. Yeah, because he's fucking Dio. Although he did burn up on a ship while being held in Jonathan's arms, so maybe he doesn't die. Just maybe. Although I do get the sense that he will come back. Well, there are those memes that you talked about last week. Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably come back. Um, oh. Okay, so cars won't die. Joseph will find some form of second wind, but it won't be Hamon. It will be the wind, as personified by Whamu. Nah. <laughs> None of that. Uh, no, I reckon he won't fight him with Hamon, and he won't kill him with Hamon. He'll kill him with some brilliant trick. Attracts. Yeah. And, like, he can't kill him with UV light anymore, probably. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, now he controls light, so we can't kill the UV light. Mm. So then he'll kill him with fire <laughs> or something. Or stab him a whole bunch and then, like, lock him in a crypt. Big crushy doors. Yeah, big crushy doors. All right, that seems fairly comprehensive. Yep. And I guess that brings us to the uh, wrapping up portions of our show. Oh, here we go, here we go. Gonna shout out to a couple of our Stitcher reviewers. Because oh! I occasionally remember the Stitcher page exists. My Stitchers. Uh, thank you to Hothead, who rated us five stars on it. Hothead, my man. Some uh, nice words. Good one. And uh, LJLC uh, did the same, but they also have a criticism or correction for us. Ooh. Uh, I hate to be a weeb, but it's not ominous kanji, it's ominous katakana. Oh, uh, no, that is actually quite a big difference. That is a big difference. Yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about Japanese written language, so that's good to know. Shit. Shit, I can't believe we got that wrong. <laughs> Well, thanks for that correction, and uh, thank you for the rating. That helps new people find the show, and that really helps us. Thank you for being a weeb. And that brings us to the uh, listener mail portion of the show as we open up the Joestar mailbag. We have mail? Sure. Email. Yeah, but we, we have some? Yeah. Oh, how delightful. This first one comes from uh, Addy, who writes, Hi, Nick and Liam. Greetings from your northern neighbour here in Indonesia. <gasps> I just wanted to say I've been enjoying your podcast greatly so far. 
I just wanted to make this comment. Now that Lisa Lisa is revealed to be Joseph's mother, mm-hmm. remember that Joseph did the following. One, he peeped <laughs> at her while she was taking a bath. Yep. Two, he rifled, rifled through her suitcase for her clothes, in quotations. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. Three, he checked her out after Lisa Lisa said she was 50 years old. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. He also asked his grandmother if she ever slept with Speedwagon way back in the first episode. Joseph is a very weird guy. Anyway, thanks for the weekly dose of entertainment. <laughs> Joseph is a weird guy. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been, um, f- I've been fairly um, open for about how, for as entertaining as I find Joseph, he's not exactly the most morally upstanding hero in the series. Well, no, but let's be honest, Lisa Lisa mm, makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, she looks young, so Nick, she could be your mother. Okay, look, if that woman, right, if I saw her and just went, wow, she looks like. 20 and i just go but she could be my mother maybe i'm going insane like (laughs) doesn't really work out as well as you'd think Mm. so yeah let's let's all just take a moment to dwell on on joseph joestar and his scantily clad viewing (laughs) his accidental incestual overtones Mm. Mm. let me just mm, yes Mm, Yes. rather yes yeah buff Anyway, this next letter comes from uh, Joshua Kevin Perry, JKP, who has done much, from what I've seen on the internet, has done a lot to evangelise us, and I really appreciate that. My man. Uh, he's got just got a few notes, re observations from some recent episodes. Are they good or bad? Yeah, they're, you know. They're... Oh, that's not good, though. <laughs> First, the Vampire Army attacking uh, versus the Redstone of Age are crashing is a form of mutually assured destruction. Well, this is going off with a great start. <laughs> I okay. thought you'd enjoy this. Anyone from outside the events would see it as mad, but the players of the game come to the conclusion of using this method as the best route, uh, based on the mutually assured destruction policy of the Cold War, where the US built many nukes and the USSR built many nukes. It breaks down because if one person fires, the other really can't, else they blow up the world. We, I thought we were going to get away from Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> but we've come full circle. Yep. Yes. Second point, the Speedwagon Army. Go on. Mercenary armies are immune to the prosecution and rules of the Geneva Convention, which started in 1864 (laughs) and have updated as weapons have changed. The USA uses Blackwater, aka XSE, aka Academy, to skirt most international laws with our local State Department granting immunity if other nations try to prosecute, like Iraq, Syria or Afghanistan. They are the CIA's private army. Similar to how the Speedwagon Foundation is apparently the Joestar's private army. I mean, this has just gotten better and better. Well, we had a, a very, we had a, a subplot in this episode about how Speedwagon Foundation resources were used to hide a, a criminal and secre- secrete her out of the country. Can't be tracked by the Geneva Convention. <laughs> and finally, um... Oh my god, there's more? Just one more. Oh, yes. The almost killing Joseph via arse pulls, I believe, were written as a joke in this part. Sorry, arse pulls? I think, like, you know, like... Pulling something out of your ass. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, As killing Jonathan was really a dick move. Thoughts? I mean, it is a dick move. <laughs> not not going to lie. I really liked it, honestly. Wait, um, which arse pulls are we talking about here? I'm not sure, sorry. Um, <sighs> I, thought you'd be, I thought you'd be more prepared. I thought... Could that be in the Whammy fight, maybe? What, where he just pulls things out and just... Hmm. Hmm. Well, it makes more sense the more it goes on. Because it's like... It's revealed that he's carrying oil in a bottle, as opposed to before, where it's just like, and now I cover it with oil. And you're like, what? (laughs) What? Like, that makes more sense in the scheme of things. But at the same time, it would have been nice to know that he had oil in the first place. (laughs) You're really hung up on this oil thing, man. Well, look, like, it... mm, it, I mean, you can't... 
you've got to just accept that sometimes they aren't going to show you the hero loading up their inventory before a fight. But that's the thing, right? If you have that before the fight, it's like a James Bond thing where you're like, okay, I know he's going to use it at some point. Now, 007, this is oil that you can use to put on your gun, and then it will allow you to channel a mystical energy through your bullets that will kill any vampires you might happen to encounter in the field. Genius! Thank you, Q. It's like, this is the other weapon that we've devised for you. Soap! On a rope. If you clean yourself with it, you'll be covered in a slick ooze that you can use. I really like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Q. This is a fun character. (laughs) It's like, what other weapons do you have for me? These baubles! (laughs) Now, Mr. Mr. Sapelli, this looks like a normal glass of wine, wouldn't you say? Mm, Yes, I would say it. But, uh... Take a, take a drink from a glass. Mm-hmm. Alright then, alright, I can do that. Swill it around in your mouth and fill it with the mystical energy that pervades your body. My god. And the liquid turns into blades. Q, you've done it again. <laughs> I like this character, we should bring this back. Oh my god, this is a recurring guest star. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh-huh. Uh, our theme music was Hot Mustard by S. Strong. For now, we're coming to the end of part three. Part two. Ooh. And are in the market for a new theme song in part three. If you have any recommendations that are common uh, creative commons or not gonna get us sued yep. do it actually that's a good idea uh, original contributions our yeah. I guess the theme we're looking for is similar to how um, in our part one song we had sort of classical music that segued into a remix of that and now we have a sort of a jazz swing music that yeah. becomes a remix of that we're looking for something sort of retro wavy something that embodies something the that, 80s yeah because... embodies, but then also embodies the fact that we are looking back at the 80s from yeah. a modern era where computer music exists <laughs> because I'm not allowed to know anything about the tone of part 3 but I do know that it's set somewhere after 1950 some when ooh well 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 <laughs> If you want to correspond with us, you can reach us at Jojo's Podcast at twitter.com or Jojo's uh, Podcast at gmail.com. So do it. Yeah. I'm way more aggressive than you. You're just like, you can reach us there. And I'm like, go there. Do it. Correspond. I'm the one who actually checks the correspondence. Yeah, well, that's why I do it. <laughs> <laughs> do we have anything else to say that we normally say? Uh, I guess just to, to be, be continued. Anyway, discussions of the cosmic force are like my least favourite thing about Star Wars. Look, light side is a perfectly good terminology. It's so naff. But it's the opposite of dark. I don't like it. It's like the binary of light and dark. You can't have an in-between like the friggin' grey knights or whatever. I'm not talking about an in-between. Yeah, but... I'm talking about a mystical energy field that pervades all things and people who pervert it for their own means. I don't know if perverting is quite... Is that the right word? Perverting? yeah. Okay. That's exactly what I mean. They're perverting it. Shut up. <laughs> They're perverting midichlorians. Yeah. It's like it's like Caesar's soap all over again. No, yeah. it's really not. But they're constantly surrounded by these little microbes. It's just like... Ugh. No, they're not. They're inside their blood. They're inside their blood? Yeah, that's why they perform a blood test on Anakin. Oh. Oh, okay. I thought they were microbes. They were just... Yeah, in blood. Oh. It's even worse. I just thought they were there and that's how they... No. Oh. Shit, all right. I don't know anything about Star Wars. You've got a lot to learn about Star Wars, Nick. So come with me and I'll teach you why the prequels are great. Uh, See, the prequels are a great concept. They're a middling execution, I'll grant you that. Yeah, it's like you watch them and you're like... But if you go in with the expectation that, say, Mm -hmm. the bad guys of The Phantom Menace 
say, like, the Trade Federation are the actual bad guys, of course you're going to be disappointed. Yes. Because <laughs> the Phantom Menace is obviously Sheev. Is it? Yeah. Okay. He manipulates that war and the following war to all just get more power. He's doing a great job at it. It's a really compelling story. Okay. Who's Sheev? Palpatine. Oh, okay. Sheev Palpatine. Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> That's his name. Is that his actual name? Yep. Are you kidding me? Nope. That's... Oh, no. Short for Sheevan. Oh, really. no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon when he was growing up, his mum would be like, Sheevan, clean the carpet. He'd be like, I don't want to, mother. And that's why he went to the dark side. You see, Sheev sounds like Shiva, which is a god of destruction and I want to say Hindu mythology. Yeah. And Padme is, I think, the word for peace or flower in... Flower sounds about right. In the same? Given that Anakin wants to deflower her. Shut up. That's disgusting. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's literally half of episode two. It's just him being like, hey, Padme. Very horny in episode two. (laughs) And you're just like, can you stop Anakin, please, for God's sake? Not like Anakin. Not like sand. Not like you. Man, sand's great. It's coarse and it's rough and it gets everywhere. (laughs) Like, at what point would any writer in their right mind just go, you know what, he's from Tatooine. Let's talk about sand in like a... Because Anakin doesn't know how to interact with people. That's the thing. He does now. It's been like 10 years. It's 10 years that he's spent in a training for a warrior monk enclave. He's been with his best buddy, Obi-Wan. Exactly. And his friends. <laughs> Such as... Jar Jar. Oh, good point. Good and point. Um, the thing about Padme that I think a lot of people don't realise is that she's in the same situation as Anakin. Because mm. she became queen of her planet at 14 years old. That is true. And then immediately went into intergalactic politics after her term limit ran out. <laughs> after she okay. was... Constitu- uh, elective monarchies are a thing. See, Denmark... Wait, but wasn't she just sort of, like, brought up with the socialisation in mind? So, like, they taught her how to socialise? Well, sure, but it's all, like, state socialisation. It's about, like, diplomacy and stuff, not actually, like, getting a boyfriend, which is the situation she finds herself in in episode two. This is literally, like, a sitcom at its most dire, where it's like... Neither of these people just know how to interact with someone on a casual social level. And he's just misinterpreting everything that she's saying as, like, being really nice to him. Yeah, don't get me wrong, he's also still really creepy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But he's just like, hey, you have nice teeth. And she's like, thank you. That's the only way I know how to respond. Mm -hmm. She likes me. She loves me. But of course she does actually like him. Because she is also an immature child. Ugh. Worst, I think. So anyway, let's talk about Jar Jar. So I hate the Jar Jar as a Sith Lord theory. Yeah, that's, that's very dumb. Yeah. Jar Jar isn't a Sith Lord. He is the... <laughs> Why did you emphasize Lord there? Because I just... That's how I speak. Oh, okay. See, the thing about broadcasting is you need to put emphasis on certain words so that your voice sounds attractive to the listener. But if awkwardly you do it... You're just doing... Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I emphasize certain words that come off as meaty-ish... They'll sound awkward. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. It takes a lot of practice to get this level of awkwardity. But Jar Jar's just... So, the only people who saw the value in Jar Jar were Qui-Gon and Sheev. Yes. Right? Yes. And while Qui-Gon is alive, he's able to use his sort of, like... Let's call it fool's wisdom. Yep. To help them win... Or to help them mend the rift between the Naboo and the Gungans. And also then play a... I guess important if comical role in that distraction battle yes whereas once Qui-Gon's dead 
which is something that falls into Sheev's plans, because he's basically the only orthodox Jedi left, by my reading of it, even if he's a bit of a prick, see, trying to mind-control Watto. What about Dooku? He was still alive. Yeah, but he left the Jedi Order. Ah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, yep. Where was I? Um, Orthodox Jedi. Sheev manipulates Jar Jar into giving him the power that he needs, because Jar Jar Binks, he's a hero of war. He's a good man. He's kind of an idiot, but... He's going to make this speech to Galactic Parliament in Padme's absence and give Sheev fascist dictator powers because he needs someone to do that because he wants to become the Emperor. Yep. And Jar Jar's the perfect patsy for that. They cut a scene from Revenge of the Sith where um, I think it's either just before or after the Empire is declared a thing mm. where um, Sheev and Jar Jar have a moment where he thanks Jar Jar for all his support over the years. Why couldn't that have been left in? That would have been really good, I think. That would have been amazing. I like to imagine that <clears> after <throat> the Empire was formed, while the Senate was still a thing up until shortly before A New Hope, as I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Jar Jar was allowed to exist with like a, to- a bunch of other senators as like a token but completely impotent moderate resistance movement in the Senate. An impotent moderate resistance Sorry, movement. I mean to say opposition. Oh, okay. There we go. I was going to say resistance is no, a bit more no. than... Yeah. <laughs> So he's basically just sitting there as like... Like he's the attractive face of the opposition that will never get anything practically done and will never like cross the line, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he'll just be there like, uh, we'll try and get there. Yeah. In in secret, we'll just not at all. You see, all of this sounds very interesting. It's just a shame that the movie sucks so (laughs) hard. I like them. It's just like, there are so many good ideas that are just not... Have you watched The Clone Wars yet? No, I haven't. So good. First season-ish is... But then it, like... Yeah, then George Lucas starts pouring his money into it. Oh. And, it, like, the animation budget is truly spectacular by the end. Oh, okay. There are, like, elaborate space battles that are just background shots. That you just see for a second. Very expensive. <laughs> it's just, like, 30,000 ships all rendered. Five seconds of dialogue. There's also some really good arcs about the clones. Yeah. Well, the clones are quite interesting. Yeah, the clones are great. There's, like, so many good things that have come out of the clones that haven't made it into any of the films. <laughs> Like Republic Commando, which was amazing. Isn't that based on those Karen Travis books? Probably. I don't care for her. It's a good game, though. It's a good game. Yeah, I, I played the demo. I had an Xbox demo disc back in oh, the day, and I played so the good. first level of that a lot. So good. I liked how, if I'm remembering this correctly, after you would shoot up a bunch of droids, um, you would get droid gunk on your visor, and like a little windshield wiper yeah. would clean yeah. it off. It was like a little laser thing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, so good. That was that's a nice touch. See... Stuff like that, where it's like, oh man, this was well thought out. But like, there's this really great arc in the Clone Wars where the the 501st, the battalion that you spend most of the mm-hmm. time with in clone arcs, because also they work with Anakin, I think. Oh, um, Anakin. They are reassigned to a different Jedi commander and basically go to Space Nam. Space Nam. Yeah, and this commander's a real piece of shit. He's like, you guys are just expendable clones. You're not real people. Get out there and fight and just like waste your lives Throwing yourselves wave after wave against the enemy killbots. Makes sense, yeah. You're basically doing the Zap, Zap Brannigan yeah. tactic. You're all expendable, but you're not me. So there's some great scenes where they are, because of this tactic, legitimately considering going and killing their commander. <laughs> because they're people. That, well, are clones people? Yeah, that's the whole point. By definition, it does seem like they would be people. That's why the Separatists and... The division between the Separatists and the Republic is meaningless because they're both heading up slave armies, Hmm. um, fighting a war that is just engineered by this crazy madman. Sheep. Yep. 
Jesus. And his Patsy Dooku. Just a weird name. Sheev. Sheev. Like, yeah. Yep. Anyway, we've been talking for a while. You want to talk hey, about we'll, Jojo? Oh my god, we've been talking for like 13 minutes about See, this. See, this is why you have a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> so you can be like, no, you're wrong. This is why it's all yeah. amazing. Let's talk about General Grievous. Now, General Grievous is a badass, though. You have to admit. I mean, he's kind of meant to be like deliberately ineffectual, though. Yeah, but he's amazing, like, outside of the movies. He's just like, yeah, so I'm just going to murder some Jedi, even though I have no force abilities, uh, and then just carry around their dead lightsabers. And then I'm just going to replace all my body, because why not? You know? Seems like a cool thing to do. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I mean, he's no Asajj Ventress. Who's Asajj Ventress? She's a Dathomirin. Dathomir is the one with the... No, um, Darth Maul is a Zabrak from Dathomir. Okay. uh, And the females of that planet are Force Witches. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're really cool. Though Dathomir in the old EU was introduced in a really bad book called The Courtship of Princess Leia in which Han uses a gun on Leia that removes her free will and kidnaps her and takes her to a planet that he won in a poker game. Fucking what? Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> he uses a gun that removes her free will? Yeah. What the That's fuck? That's fucked up. Yeah, no. That's weird. Darth Maul's cool, though. Yeah. We can all agree. And his brother, Savage Opress. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because, you know, Darth Maul didn't die. Savage... Darth Maul it still isn't dead from what we've seen in Rebels. Yeah. Savage Opress. Yep. Bad name, cool guy. Yep, I'm willing to pay that. Alright, Jojo. Yeah, I just want to talk about Darth Maul now. (laughs) Darth Maul is a fucking... Didn't he get the spider legs? For a while, then he got rid of them when he stopped being insane on a garbage planet. And I mean literal garbage planet. (laughs) Yeah, because it was just like, this is the galaxy's landfill at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And he was there being all like, well... I haven't got any legs. And Savage so goes and finds him and meets this talking snake who takes him to him. <laughs> and I can't remember anything else that happens in that episode, honestly. Then they take over Mandalore. Oh, yeah. They'll, well. And then Sheev shows up and just owns them. Ugh. God damn it, Sheev. And that's how Savage Opress died. <sighs> Savage. I like how they've gotten away with it by saying Savage instead of Savage. They also killed Obi-Wan's, like, childhood girlfriend. Oh. Who was the Duchess of Mandalore. Oh! Named Satine, which is the same name as the woman in Moulin Rouge. Starring Ewan McGregor as oh. that guy from Moulin Rouge. Oh. Those motherfuckers. Alright, we said we'd stop and I kept going. Uh, I need to put a hard cap on Star Wars talk now. Let, let's be honest, we sort of enabled each other. Still probably going to be about 15 minutes of B-roll on this. Yes! I'll probably put a note on the on the episode. It's like, instead of the normal, like... 40, maybe 50 minutes, it's now like 90 minutes and the last half hour is just Star Wars. Yeah. And we didn't actually talk about Rogue One at all. True, we didn't. Well, no, we won't. We're not going to spoil it. No, true, true. Okay. So, let's do it. How do we start this show? We, we say hello. A long, long time ago. 